0: Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are a thousand You are love. Well, we're going to continue as he was sharing, right? This is a moment, a season, a time of thanksgiving. Uh, Last Sunday, I hope that you were here. If not, I I really hope that you can go back and listen to the message that we ended up titling, Just One. And we spoke about an encounter that Jesus had with 10 lepers. And you have to finish listening to the rest of it. I think that it was a great message and a great reminder in that message. I didn't want to move so quickly from Thanksgiving. I didn't want to move so quickly from this moment of gratitude because I think that Thanksgiving and gratitude is something that we could overlook way too much and not recognize the importance of it biblically. I love that in our nation we pause and we stop and we celebrate Thanksgiving uh, once a year. And sometimes it's It's that one moment where the whole family gets together. We laugh together. We share stories. And that's a good thing. But I don't think biblically that's the definition of Thanksgiving. I don't think that day in itself is the full picture of what gratitude in the heart of the church is. It's deeper than that one day. It's really a lifestyle and it's a continual heart that is thankful and filled with gratitude to the Lord, which is why we have chosen to spend 15 days to really pray, Lord, give us grateful hearts. Give us hearts that are thankful. Let us not be so consumed with this world and, and purchasing things and what we don't have. Let us just stop and be grateful for where we're at, for who you are, for the miracle and for the touch of God, just for this moment. Amen? So today I want to share a message. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. It's, it's titled, A thanksgiving, thanksgiving that honors God. There is a Thanksgiving that honors God. I, I was reminded coming into today uh, of a letter that was written to the Roman church. And it was a letter that was written by Paul. And in chapter 1, we see that in this letter, it's powerful, it, and, but yet in this chapter, there's just this very important and powerful introduction. I mean, the whole letter of Romans is extremely important and very powerful. But chapter 1 does this thing where it wakes you up to prepare you as you get ready to read the rest of his writing. And in this, he mentions, just in one chapter, the first chapter, to get our attention. He mentions some warnings, warnings of God's wrath towards sin. And that's what he chooses to start off with. That's what he chooses, and he gets our attention. And he calls out some sinful patterns or some sinful lifestyles in chapter 1. And he begins to speak about them. But then he goes to the bottom of chapter 1 in verse 21 and he writes these words. Listen to these words. He says, for although these individuals that are living in sin, they've patterned their lifestyle after sin, those individuals, it says, for although they knew God. Notice who Paul is writing about. These individuals knew God. Although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God. And look what he says next. Or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then verse 22, he says something interesting. He says, claiming to be wise, they became fools. Let's just pause there for a moment. As we introduce this message, I started thinking about a thanksgiving. I started thinking about being grateful, honoring the Lord with thanks. But I was quickly remembered of this scripture, that there are a people that know God, have encountered God, experienced the Lord, But they became empty in their thinking. They became foolish in their hearts. That their hearts were darkened. And they thought and they claimed wisdom and why, oh, look at me, I'm wise. But at the end, what they really were and what they really became were fools. And here is this reminder in just Romans 1, in this one verse. It's a reminder that speaks to me. It should speak to all of us. And what should it speak to you as you read it? As we get ready to dive into this, into this message today, it should be to you, as it was to me, a worrisome place to be. For individuals to be here, it should be of great worry for them. What, what, you may be saying, well, what? What should be a great worry for them? Well, to know God, yet not honoring Him nor giving Him thanks. That's what scripture says. That's what Paul is writing. Hey, this should be alarming to an individual that says they know God. You say you know God. But yet, is your life honoring him? Are you giving him thanks? And Paul is speaking to those individuals. And it's a warning or it's worrisome to me as I read that. Because these individuals that Paul is writing about, they went about their lives. They just went out on with their lives. They experienced, they encountered God. Listen to what scripture says. It actually says they knew God. They knew him. You remember um, in Genesis 1, we always go back to Genesis, the beginning of all things. Did, what, what's, what's up with Adam and Eve? They what? They knew God. They walked with God. From one moment to another, they were darkened. And they became fools. And God had to say, where are you? In Romans 1, it's just repeating the same story. People that knew God. But then they walked away from God. And God's like, Where are you? They think they're wise. They think they're living life. They think they're enjoying the pleasures of this world. And they claim to be wise. But scripture says, in reality, they became fools. Adam, you think you're so smart and you sold fig leaves together. What you did was you became a fool. I want you to see what Paul is writing here. These are individuals that moved on. They got sidetracked in Romans chapter 1. They got distracted. Not only did they get distracted and sidetracked and all that, but we read clearly in this text what happens to them. Romans 1 tells us that they even, they did this, they gave themselves fully to their carnal pleasures. That's what they did. They stopped the most important thing. The most important thing in their lives, they stopped doing it. They ceased in what they were created for. And if you didn't catch it yet, here's the answer. Here is the most important thing. Here is what they ceased and what they were created for. They did not honor him, and they stopped giving him thanks. If you're taking notes, write this down. Never stop honoring God. Never stop giving him thanks. Did you guys hear me back there? Never stop honoring God. Never stop giving him thanks. Well, why should I? Because that is the purpose in which you were created. You were created to honor God. And you were created to give him thanks. Do not be darkened. Do not become foolish. This is the most important thing for you. I think we could close off in prayer. They separated from their creator. Have you ever separated yourself from your creator? Okay, good. I thought I was the only one that did that once. Or twice. But who's counting anyways? They separated themselves from their creator. And they made themselves, in Romans 1, other gods to worship. And they began to create birds and reptiles and and they began to worship them. And you could say, oh, they're so dumb. No, no. You may not be carving a reptile today. And you may not be putting a bird on an altar to worship. But we put our children or we put our careers or we put, and we worship other things and we make them gods that may not be a bird or may not be a reptile. So we need to be very careful how we judge our brothers and sisters in Romans chapter 1. Amen? but they separated themselves. Not only did they create other gods like people do, but listen to this. Paul says that they too became their own gods. They became their own gods. Can you imagine becoming your own god? Never. But they became their own gods. Well, how does one become their own gods Well, Paul kind of gives us this illustration and this wordage to kind of teach us these individuals became their own gods because they began to satisfy their desires and pleasures rather than surrendering their life up as an offering, rather than the most important things in your life, what is it? Rather than honoring God and giving them thanks. And they made themselves God. It says that they became futile in their thinking, foolish. Their hearts became foolish and were darkened. It says that they became, they claimed to be wise, but instead what happened was, in all reality, they became fools. I start with this because it's a great introduction to say, this is very worrisome for me, the reader, for me, the Christian, for me to walk with the Lord and to say, wait a minute, this could very easily happen to me. Where I get sidetracked, where I lose my focus, where I take my eyes off the kingdom of heaven. I take my eyes off God and this man starts to gratify his sin and fill himself with pleasure, desires, that, that, that my, my, my carnal desires. And what happens is now I've made a sanctuary, an altar where I stand on its throne and I make myself my God. And I made sin gods in my life which I now worship and give honor to and thanks to. And this is worrisome to us, the believer, that we need to live reverent, in truth, honoring God, filled with thanksgiving. So I would love for us to really pray today, to pray that, that we would be an offering, an offering of honor and thanksgiving that will never be removed and never be replaced from our heart. That there would be gratitude and thanksgiving always in our heart for our God. How many of you could say amen? I want to read a psalm for you, Psalm 50, verse 23. It tells us about a thanksgiving. it talks about thanksgiving that honors God. Listen to this scripture. It says in chapter 50, verse 23 the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. He, here it is written right for us to read, right in our faces for us to see. That the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies him. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. An orderly person who walks the straight and narrow. A person who offers up thanksgiving as a sacrifice, that person glorifies me. So all I could do as I prepare this message, think about Romans 1. Think about Psalm chapter 50 in this verse 23. And all I could ask myself is, Regal, am I offering up sacrifices? Am I offering up thanksgiving to the Lord? Or when I come before his presence, this is just me? Please, you take this as you may. But or do I come before him filled with a a heart that is filled with anxiety? Gratitude and a heart that is bitter, a heart that is mad, a heart that—think is... about your heart before you stand, as you stand before God. Complaining. Anyone? Anyone complain like I complain? We can find ourselves negative. Anyone negative like I could be negative? Oh, okay. I just feel like I'm negative lately. I feel like I'm complaining a lot more lately. And God's like waving his hands like, Thanksgiving. Gratitude. And there's a yeah, but. Right after he waves his hands at us. (laughs) Yeah, but God. No, 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 yeah, but me. Gratitude and thanksgiving. Where's the heart? Where's the offering? Is it pure thanksgiving? Rego. Again. To myself. Is it pure thanksgiving? My, my answer to him, hey, it's not perfect, you know. Because <laughs> I lose it from time to time. And time to time. I could lose it. I, listen, I, I know you guys walk a godly life. But I'm sure you've lost it from time to time. <laughs> like I've lost it from time to time. Where this heart went from a posture of worship and in the blink of an eye, the same heart that was worshiping now went to a heart and a posture of complaining. And you're like, wait a minute. So which one are you? Can you imagine being God? So wait, what are you offering me? Is it the worship or is it the complaining? We're like both. A little bit of a mess, God, if you haven't noticed. I'm a little bit all over the place with my heart right now. When do you think it happens the most? When do you think the heart gets tried the most? Have you guys been struck by what's happening in the villages of Africa? Have you been truly struck by what's happening in the Middle East? Have you been struck by the earthquake that killed hundreds not that long ago? When do you think it's closest to your heart? When do do you think your heart gets affected? It should be those things, shouldn't it? Oh no it's when it strikes the things closest to us. Now you touch the sensitive part. And God's like, is what's happening in the Middle East not sensitive for you? Is what's happening with the orphanage in Uganda not sensitive for you? That's when it happens. And we get tested. We get tried. At least I do. And then the Lord says... Well, and then I say, God, why is this? Again, this is, I really am. I mean, I should have just told you guys to stay home today. Because I'm just preaching to myself. God, why are you doing this to me? And like he replies back and he says, because I'm evaluating the heart. I'm examining the heart. And I strike your heart with some of these things. Some of these things strike your heart so that I could see if your heart is one that is filled with thanksgiving, or if your heart is one that is quickly offered up in offense and hurt, complaint. I mean, this is a beautiful scripture, at least for me. Because I could say, Lord, I'm not perfect. I, me, Rego, the first one, I lose it. But I hope, Lord, that you see, come on, anyone with me? I hope, Lord, that you see truly in me what I really desire my heart is to give you an offering of thanksgiving. How many of you have prayed that? I know I'm not perfect, but I really want to give you gratitude each day. And this is what honors God. I hope you wrote it down in your notes already. Offerings of thanksgiving honors God. Hey, there's two things you should not stop doing. Honor God and giving him thanks. And giving him thanks. If you're feeling heavy today in your heart, maybe... You're complaining, maybe, your attitude. It hasn't gotten you anywhere. I've been there. Where my critical attitude, where my constant complaining, where my constant bitterness, all it led me was a very dark road. It didn't take me, it didn't get me anywhere good. And maybe you're there today, and you feel this heaviness that's been draining you, Last week we, we spoke about this where you feel like it's hard. It's hard to like the very sun that shines on you and just brings warmth to your skin. To the very people that you love, now it's hard to love. Like think about all the things that we all deal with, with your coworker, with your family member, and with the person that's in this room right now that you don't want to say their name out loud. And God is just looking at your heart as he's looking at my heart. And I want you to consider this today. The Lord says to you, I love you. And I love you way too much to keep you. I received this for myself, Lord, to keep me the way that I am. The Lord wants to transform my heart of negativity to a heart of thanksgiving. How many of you are with me? A heart filled with gratitude. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving, Scripture says, honors me. And he says to you, I want you, church, I want you, daughter, son, I want you to honor me. I love you. I love you. And maybe you feel like, oh, yeah, but. Remember the yeah, but to God? I've done yeah, buts to God. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but no one understands. Fill it. Fill it in the blank. Yeah, but no one understands. Yeah, but. What's your yeah, but? Yeah, but I can't. I mean, we have lists of yeah, buts. Yeah, but, but your maker, I'm going to fill it, ready? Yeah, but, and I'm going to end, God jumps in the middle and says, yeah, but, and right when you're about to finish your sentence, he says, yeah, but your maker, your creator, he does, Jesus, he does get you. He does understand. Yeah, but no one understands. And he steps in the middle and says, no, 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 I definitely get you. And I definitely understand. Can I share a scripture with you? Hebrews chapter four, write this down. uh, Read all of it, but specifically just for sake of time, verses 14, 15, and 16. For fun's sake, I'm going to quote Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of it. And look how he writes this. He says, now that we Now that we know what we have, remember the yeah, but Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God. Let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and he's been through testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk. Everyone say walk. Yes. Walk. Let's walk right up to him. And let's get what he is ready to give. And look what he says. Take mercy. Take the mercy. Accept the help. Yeah, but. And the Lord says, no, no, yeah, but nothing. I am your mediator. I am the high priest who could could come and sympathize with what you're going through. I've stood in your shoes. I've been tempted and tested. This flesh has been broken and bruised and beaten. I know very well what you're going through. In verse 16, the English standard says it this way. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy, and that we would find grace to help in the time of need. How many of us fall under this category? Thank you for writing this in the scripture. Author of Hebrews, inspired by God, I needed this text. Because I need to come with confidence and boldness before the throne of God. Because there is where I receive my mercy and my grace. Because Lord knows that daily I am in a time of need. I need God. Anyone else? And I need Him to fill my heart. And I want my heart to be filled with gratitude rather than ingratitude, rather than looking. You know, I've shared this here before in times past on a Sunday. I've I, I've been that person that has walked into the room and I've picked at everything and every person in the room, being negative. That sometimes a person next to me says, "Hey, can you calm yourself down?" I won't tell you who that person is, but can you calm down? I'm like, "Well, I'm on one today." I've picked on every single person. I've picked them from head to toe. And the room, oh my gosh, I, I, I spoke about the room and I turned it in, upside down and inside out. Shh, calm down. Relax and like, I'm sorry, my heart's just not in the right place. I mean, I know I'm not talking to anyone here. I know I'm just speaking to myself, but I've been there that I've been the most critical person in the room, the most bitter person in the room, the one that says I love God and I worship God and i even preach on Sunday morning to the church. But on Tuesday afternoon, there's bitterness and rottenness inside my bone. I've been in that place before. Amen. Is it draining to be there? God, does it hurt? You know what I've noticed when I'm that person? No one likes me. My, guys, I, I wish I could say, I'm making all this stuff to make you like, to, I've been called an entertainer before, to entertain you. I can say that. I'm doing this to entertain you. My kids have looked at me and have literally told me, "What's your issue today?" <laughs> you know what they're really saying? I really don't like you. I go to my room, I close the door and I get in my bed. I put my foot down. But then on that bed, I'm miserable. Why? Because the issue is my heart. And it's always been my heart. And God is just trying to get my attention. Saying, can you honor me? And can you give me thanks again? Because you went your own way. And you need to come back to the basics. Which is the most important thing for you. And the reason in which you were created Honor me and give me thanks. Amen. That's it. What a simple message this is. But my God, are the simplest messages, the hardest to live. I just said that comment with the fingers, and some of you said, "Yeah, but in your head. Already giving excuses <laughs> while I was saying that. I know that because some of you are like me. And you gave your yeah but All right, I want to give you. Uh, <laughs> the word of God is beautiful. Where should I go today? I don't think I want to read all this. Okay, I do want to read this. Let's put Luke 22 up. That's the next verse I wanted to share. I love this passage. Luke 22. Tell me if you catch it and then we'll just, we'll just leave from there. We'll go to the next thing. When time came, oh, by the way, Jesus is dying. Like, he's about to be arrested illegally. All kinds of illegal stuffs going to happen. I mean, it's a shame what they did, but he had to do it. I mean, he's about to enter his um, arrest and illegal trials, which leads to his crucifixion. And moments before his arrest, moments before Judas, can you, I mean, yeah, but God, you don't understand some of the people. You don't know some of the people in our church. And God's like, what do you mean? I walked with Judas for three years or so. And he saw me raise the dead and heal the leper and heal the sick. And he saw me walk on water. And then I let Peter walk on water. And yet he still deceived. He, he still turned his back on me. Don't give me a yeah, but Rico. All right. So moments right before this, in Luke chapter 22. Watch this. Tell me if you catch it. I mean, it's so, it's so there for you to see. Watch this. It's so beautiful. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. We're we're talking about the Lord's Supper, right? That's what we call it. And Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. Everyone catch that? (laughs) Jesus is telling them I'm about to suffer. I'm so happy that I get to eat before I suffer. He's always saying, this is my last meal. And there's no one I'd rather be with than with you. This is our last date together. Can you imagine that? Your beloved says, let's go out to a restaurant. We're going to have our last meal and there's no, okay. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until, the, until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. I had a scripture in, um, in Revelation that I wanted to jump into, but for the sake of time to talk about the marriage supper of the lamb when we'll eat and drink again with God. But I don't have time for that, but you could read it. And says, then he took a cup of wine, uh, follow follow the text, and he gave thanks to God for it. Pause for a moment. He took wine, and he gave thanks to God. And some of you are like, I knew it. I knew he was a drunkard. That's not what I'm saying today. (laughs) That is the last thing I'm trying to say. He was not a drunkard. If that's what went to your mind, you missed the lesson has nothing to do with the drinking of wine. Listen, it has to do with the offering of it. The last meal I'm about to have with you, and I'm grateful that it's with you. He, he takes the wine, he, and what does he do with the wine? Have you caught it yet? And then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. Let's keep reading. This gets better. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And he took some bread. And he gave thanks to God. And he gave thanks to God for it. He took bread. He took wine. He gave thanks to God for the wine. He gave thanks to God for the bread. You guys caught it already? I know you do. Because I caught it when I read it. He broke it in pieces, and he gave it to his disciples, and he says, here it is. Here it is. This is my body. Now watch what he says next, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, verse 20, he took another cup of wine, and he said, this cup Is a covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. All right, what did you get out of it? The most important thing to do is to honor God and to give him thanks. And his very son does that to the father. Honor him and give him thanks. What else did you get out of that text? Huh? Sacrifice for us. Oh, man. It does not matter the circumstance. I should have started here and just. He's basically saying, I'm about to suffer, but I'm so happy that this day is here. And he begins to give thanks to wine and to bread, which is his blood and which is his body. It doesn't matter the circumstance. I, I, I want you to see this because this has blessed me tremendously. Moments, maybe minutes, hours from the darkest, toughest, most trying time of his life. He knows what he's about to enter into, which makes this whole <laughs> the whole thought of it even worse for me. He passes the wine for his disciples to drink, breaks the bread for them to eat, before he does this, he does something that I, again, I'm speaking to myself, I lose the importance of so often in my life. He does something like this. He gives thanks to God for it. He took a cup and he gave thanks to God. He takes some bread, rips it in pieces, and he gives thanks to God. And all I can think of is how in the world... Does Jesus give thanks to the Father for the blood that he was about to shed and for the body that he was about to give up on the cross? And he says, thank you. Thank you for making me the offering of thanksgiving so that they could be saved and so that they could know you. He was offering himself, church, as a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And that was a thanksgiving that honored the Lord. John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And right here, the Lamb of God is saying, I'm giving myself as an offering. And this sacrifice honors God. Jesus' main focus on earth, if you haven't noticed, was always to do the Father's will. And as the Son of God, it brought gratitude for him to be an offering, sacrifice of thanksgiving. And Miho said it perfectly. At his darkest moment, his heart of gratitude did not seclude into anger. Because if I was Jesus, I would have told Judas two or three mean things already. I probably would have gotten Peter to maybe hit him a couple times too. But his heart was not one of bitterness. His heart was one of Gratitude. And instead of his heart turning towards bitterness and hatred, instead it begins to glorify God and it pours out love and it pours out thanksgiving towards the Father. This blood, it'll be difficult and it'll be painful to offer it to all people, but I thank you, God, for it. This body, I'll give it up so that others would be saved, but, it, but man, I thank you, God, for it, though it'll cause a lot of pain. Jesus looked at his circumstance with gratitude. He looked at his circumstance with saying this circumstance is going to result to glorify God. So I wrote this down. It all depends how you look at your circumstances. And I'm going to get ready to close. That's it. I'm done. Whether you look at your problem or you look at your issue or you look at the room with a heart of gratitude or one of ingratitude. And that determines what will be glorified. Your circumstance will be glorified or your God will be glorified. I wrote this down last night as an extra note before coming as I was reviewing. And I wrote this down, though I already told it to you, but I wrote it down because it was in my heart since last night. I wrote it. I've heightened, I wrote this, I've heightened my circumstances in fear. I've hidden my circumstances with ingratitude that I've allowed it to rob God's glory in my life. Me personally. And scripture reminds me that he who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. Jesus, church, is our high priest. So if you're ever in the time of need, even if you're not, I'm doing good, I'm well. Rigo, we really, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. All is well with you? Well, I'm telling you like the scripture we just read. Just walk up to God. Walk up to his throne with confidence, with boldness. Draw near. There you receive mercy and grace in the time of need. Don't take your circumstance for granted. Take them with gratitude. Maybe you're here, like I've been feeling all kinds of ways in my heart, in my mind, all kinds of crippleness from the person that I was meant to be because of the lack of thanksgiving in my life. I'm feeling all kinds of way inside of me. You're filled with all kinds of things inside rather than gratitude. And now it's time to change that attitude of negativity to one that is Positive one that is hopeful again, one that is thankful and filled with gratitude. You heard me say this. When you live without thanksgiving in your heart, do you know this? Please write this down if you didn't. For any of you that are struggling with high anxiety in your life, it's probably because we're not being grateful. High anxiety is caused from a heart that is filled with ingratitude. Oh, who are you to tell me that? Someone who has suffered from anxiety because his heart has been filled with ingratitude. That's who I am. Oh my goodness, if you're filled with these things and you're filled with worry in your life, it's probably because there's a lack of thanksgiving. Yeah. You feel like your energy has been drained. You've lost your focus. you lost motivation. Emotions overtake you. Maybe you're getting sick a lot. Your immune system has been rocked. When you don't have a heart that is filled with thanksgiving and gratitude, a negative attitude fills and now you begin to fall into this thing, chronic stress. And when you have chronic stress, stress it upsets the body's hormone. Did you know that? When you are constantly stressed, your body's hormones are affected. And it depletes the brain chemicals required for the feelings of happiness. How come I don't feel happy all the time anymore? Because you're filled with stress. Then why am I so stressful? Because your heart is not filled with thanksgiving anymore. Come back to the place because you are in dire need. Walk up to the Lord's throne. Walk up in time of need and let Him fill you and let Him fill your heart with gratitude again. So you don't have to live depleted from happiness and joy. You don't have to live with worry and anxiety. You know what it does? You know what a heart that is filled with ingratitude, a heart that is filled with a lack of thanksgiving, you know what it does? It separates you from people. It moves people away from you. Get away from me. (laughs) Don't be that person. I'm that person. I've been that person. It affects the people around you. My son has looked at me and says, what's your problem today? You're out of your element, is what he's telling me. You're not the same, dad. You're very edgy. You're very hard with me today. You put your hand on me in a way that you shouldn't have, dad. What's your problem with me today, dad? Son, my problem's not with you. My problem is with me. my heart I just took it out on the people I love most that's the danger of having a heart that is not thankful the people around you get affected the most Oh, honor God. Give him thanks. You know what Scripture says? It says, "A joyful heart is good medicine." That's what Proverbs 17:22 says. A joyful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Dries up the bones. Dries up the bones. bones. We have any dry bones in the building? Come on. It's time for a joyful heart to be medicine to those dry bones again. So how should I end? I guess I'll end with Matthew 11. Verse 28 through 30. And Jesus' exact words are this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light today is your day to come before the throne of God and receive good medicine from your great physician, Yahweh. Where do you stand today, church? 15 days of gratitude That's where we're at. We're on day number 12. Has the Lord challenged you yet? I'm hoping that through this 15 days of fasting and prayer, you've seen moments in your heart that needs the Lord. Moments of ingratitude or just needs God. Hey, put that quote from, uh, I think it's William Law theologian wrote this quote and he says this give him some time he says the greatest saint in the world is not he who prays most welcome to 12 12 of our fast and prayer is not the one who fasts most so why did you call prayer and fast huh it is not he who gives alms whoever gives the most or is the most eminent for temperance, chastity, or justice. It is he who is most thankful to God. That's the greatest saint in the world. Honor God. Give him thanks. There you are. Come. Come before the throne. Come before his throne. Come before his throne. I want to honor you, Lord. The altar of your heart is open. Come on. Give it to Him. Give it to Him right there where you're at. Take away all selfishness, all bitterness, all anger, all forms of ingratitude. Fill my heart with thanksgiving, Lord. my life would honor you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You're doing miracles in this room. You're doing miracles in the hearts of your people today in this room. You're making the stony heart You're making it a heart of wax again. You're you're forming hearts today. You're doing miracles in this room, Lord. You're transforming lives today. You're removing all kinds of anger. You're removing all kinds of false gods. Lord, you're removing ourselves from the altar, making ourselves God. You're doing great miracles around this room today. That you would fill this room with great thanksgiving and gratitude. That every person in this room would be walking, Lord. That they would walk in the calling in which they've been called. That their lives would honor you. Starting with me, Lord, I would honor you. That my life would honor you. And that my life would give you thanks always. Hallelujah. We thank you for such a beautiful day. For speaking your beautiful words. For your words are true. Lord we thank you for a beautiful moment and a beautiful time in your presence Lord I know that I took this word for myself but I am sure that all of us can relate that all of us have struggled with this at some point or another I expect if we were to ask, who needs prayer today, that almost all of us would raise our hands and say, I do. So Lord, I just pray that we would be more cautious, Lord. That we would slow down and be more cautious. And that we would look at our circumstances. And that we would learn to honor you in all things and to give you thanks in all things. Lord, let us glorify you with our lives. Let us give of thanksgiving, an offering of thanksgiving that honors you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name. And together, church, we say, Amen. God is so good. Amen. Beautiful people. I hope to see you tomorrow at 12. Wednesday in person at 7.30. Friday at 7.30. We have that fellowship party on Tuesday as well. There's a lot going on this week. There's no excuse. So we should see each other almost every day this week. And fellowship every day. Make it to these events. It's what brings growth to the church. Amen. Invite people. Bring people. And let them be part of what God is doing here. And live the rest of this week, the rest of this month, the rest of your life, offering up thanksgiving that honors God. Amen.